Yeah, so welcome to the Slant and Go. Uh, Episode 24. I looked it up too. I was going to say that. God damn it. Uh, well, I promised, <laughs> I, I promised, you know, uh, all of our listener that we would, we would be better about saying what episode we're on and, and that actually, whole... actually know what we're doing. I, I mean, well, that's a little far-fetched, but knowing what episode we're on is at least a start. Sure. So, it is a start. You know, um, you know, we might have more than one listener now. I, I mean, true. beyond, well, Craig, and I think your mom listens too, right? But, yeah, well, I play it, um, and then I leave the room. So, <laughs> so she has no choice. She wants you or not, you know. Like, making dinner, she's like, "God damn it, I'm trapped here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And but, if, she, uh, if she closes the laptop, I pop around the corner and I'm playing it on my phone. It's kind of like always in stereo in our uh-huh. house. Yeah. But we've been we've done a little a bit of advertising advertising on uh, Overcast, which is a podcast app. I feel like we're we should over we should advertise Overcast. I agree. We should. I think uh, we've, even though we're paying for the ads on overcast, but anyway, um, and I mean, if, uh, what do we figure? Like, even if half the people who signed up, who kind of like clicked through and signed up for the podcast have since, uh, un unsigned up or whatever the, whatever that is, we'd still have like 50 or 60 subscribers, which, you know, for us is kind of a big deal. I mean, it's actually like, I feel like I need to be like a little more buttoned up about the whole thing. If it's not just Craig. Well, I think uh, first I want to get proof that it's not just Craig. So if anyone that oh, is not him, named Craig. him signing up like 50 or 60 times. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sure. So, good point. Um, good point. You know, um, Venmo has its reach. Uh, shout out to Venmo, future advertiser, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, I agree. Overcast has been doing um, some amazing stuff. I mean, you know, just getting to have a little bit more of a, uh, a marketplace uh, or just at least, you know, a, like a, a platform um, or continuing to stretch the platform and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, just the thought of even like four or five people listening to this is uh, it's kind of thrilling in a way, you know, it's true. So, it's true. Um, I think some of the people from my work listen, shout oh, out really? to Hoon. Um, oh. There's a few people in the fantasy football league that, said they would listen. I, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to get intel on, you know, moves I might make or something. Um, well, are there some moves you could be making right now? Should we just dive well, yeah. into that? Let's we, see. Could, we could skip ahead. We had an agenda for this, but, you know, we could start off with the fantasy football stuff and then yeah. people who are interested in actual football can drop off. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, well, you know, so here's, here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, Breeze and... Rapisberger got, uh, Roethlisberger, sorry, my bad, got injured last week. So I happen to have Matthew Stafford on my bench. Yeah. So I have Mahomes as my starter. And I'm not obviously giving him up. But, you know, Stafford's just kind of sitting there. Um, he's waiting for the bye week. So uh, I've been getting a few trade offers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, this is a 16-team league, my work league. So yep. uh, it's a little thin. Um, and I actually had to... Uh, I had to auto draft. So yep. I set my priorities. I managed to get both Mahomes and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I have a good base. I have the Chicago defense. I have Zerline as my kicker, but um, my running backs and wide receivers are pretty thin. So, uh, <laughs> so two thirds of your lineup is thin. <clears throat> is what you're saying. Yeah. Just that. So um, I'm looking, but I'm looking at the waiver wire and I'm seeing like, you know, there's just, I mean, Chris Connolly is, is the best on the waiver, waiver wire in this league. Preston Williams, Trey Quinn, Cole Beasley, at least I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Benny Fowler, Trey Conn Smith, uh, 
Damier, Damier, Beard, whatever you say his name, Cody Lattimore. I mean, it's just, it's fit, slim pickings. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So, uh, you know, like if I get a trade, a trade offer um, for someone decent, I mean, I don't know, like what, what should I expect for Stafford in return? You know, like uh, in a 16 team league, it is PPR, but I don't know. So, well, what's, what's the trade offer? You, you, you have Stafford, and yeah. either one of the Breeze or Roethlisberger owners is obviously who I'm assuming is hitting you up. Right. So um, what, what is the offer? Well, uh, I've, <laughs> I've had some offers uh, get rescinded. Mm. I can't, I've gone back to them with um, one, one, one person. What did he offer me? Um, somebody I wasn't impressed with, and I came back with saying, well, what about Emmanuel Sanders? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Obviously not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, uh, I feel, I don't know. The whole trade thing has never sat well with me in fantasy football, to be honest. Like it's like, I, um, and maybe it's like a, a form of bias, but I'm usually pretty happy with my roster. And so for me to give up somebody and feel, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm taking a loss, but either, yep. either does the other person. Right. So yep. like, I don't know, I don't know how to make a trade, <laughs> trade happen unless I feel like I'm giving something up. Well, so there's two, uh, as far as I've been able to just sort of uh, glean from playing fantasy over the years, yeah. there's, there's two schools of thought most, for most owners, right? There's the one owner who just overvalues the hell out of their players. Like their players yeah. are too good to be given to anyone else. Mm-hmm. And unless they're getting what they think is some kind of king's ransom for, for one of their, you know, touted players, they're yeah. less likely to make a move. Right? You're talking about Sonny, right? <laughs> some people, some people <laughs> in my other leagues would say I'm talking about myself. Oh, snap. All right. That's, that's, I mean, even though I still pull at least a trade, if not more, a year in most of my leagues, uh-huh. I, still, I still manage to catch, um, catch some heat for it along the way. Okay. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, so there's also the owners that you almost get the sense they put a team together just to start trading things. You know, they, yeah, right. they start, they'll send offers out as soon as the draft is over. They'll send you, you know, one every two weeks or sometimes they just send you a, a completely whack thrown together offer just to get in a conversation with you about trading. Yeah. And that to me is very, if you can't tell, um, infuriating because <laughs> yeah. I think it's a waste of time. It's like, if you have a player you're targeting, you're yeah. trying to get off my team, you're trying to help your roster. I understand. Not everyone's roster is usually put together top to bottom, head to toe legit. There's usually yeah. some gaps here or there. So if my, you know, bench is weak, uh, but I've got some good starters, yeah, maybe maybe I'd be willing to flip a starter for, you know, um, a second tier player and uh, or two and solidify. And do that at all. So I think it really just depends on if you really feel like there's a player or two players that you want to go get, Mm -hmm. then being someone that's less likely to really respond to a trade, you're going to have to initiate it in order to get what you want. So I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I, so, um, in, in my work league, uh, you know, you're in my other league, so I don't want to share too much Intel there, but, um, I (laughs) hear what this one's about because I know you're not going to, well, it's it's a sixteen team league, right? So it's like, I don't. I mean, that's not my favorite format. I I mean, if it were up to me, I'd play it in like an eight team league, and everyone's scoring two hundred points a week, you know. But right. um, so uh, in that league, I have 
also have TJ Hawkinson. Actually, there's a, so there's a guy, John Russ, if you're listening. <laughs> After week one, you know, we were in um, we were in Minneapolis for our company retreat last week. He came up to me and he's like, you know, that TJ Hawkinson, you know, like, I mean, what did he say? It was ah, crap. I, I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but basically, like, you know, rookie tight end. You know, you don't want to count on that guy. You can't really play him even as a flex. Or I mean, he had scored 22 points the first week, so yeah, um, I really should have sold then because then you know the next week he came out and didn't like he basically was blocking well well, yeah i mean stafford is a classic hot hand you know Uh type of quarterback where one week it's kenny galladay one week it's marvin jones one week it's tj hawkinson in the past we've seen golden tate we've seen theoretic get featured like i think he just goes with the it's probably just game flow more than anything and he just centers in on something and they're just getting peppered with targets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in general, it sounds like this person was targeting, you know, Hawkinson, trying to trying to see what they could do. And also, right. from what I know about your team, is that you've got Kelsey. So, yeah. unless you're running two tight ends, which some people do. Well, I did my first week, and it paid off. Actually, I've won both. I've won both my games, so okay, it's paid off well enough. I mean, Hawkinson. I mean, you know, that first week, right out of the gate incredible you know so um yeah i think we saw we basically saw what you know that's not his ceiling because he it's pretty close i mean it's not gonna he could do more you never know but that's that's about as good as you can expect is what he did yeah 131 and a touchdown i think is probably about the max we're gonna get from hawkinson right any tight end right right and and so the challenge is figuring out what weeks is he gonna do that aside from kelsey's bye week is Hawkinson going to start over him on your team? You know, no, not no, unless you're running too tight. Right. So, yeah, uh, I would expect more offers to be coming for Hawkinson, especially if he has another good game, you know, within the next two weeks here. Well, what I, maybe I should do, not to give it away to the, the people work, you know, listening from my workplace, but um, this package of Stafford and Hawkinson. The stack, a lot of people like the stack. I think that's an easy mm-hmm. approach. Um, you never know if, if some of the people that lost their quarterbacks might be in the market for Stafford. And then, but maybe on the fence about whether or not they want to get him. If you're offering him in a stack, I yeah. mean, it's, it's probably going to go further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you might be able to get something for that. Because here's the problem. My bench, I have Frank Gore on my bench, which it's just impossible to predict like which weeks he's going to have a good week. He had a good week last week, but um, the other people uh, on my bench, right? Yeah, he uh, – uh, so the, the rookie, Devin Singletary, that's been you know, essentially you know, the the major share of the workload, even though Frank's quote-unquote listed as the starter. Yeah. Um, uh, Singletary tweaked his hammy while running amok last week. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't practice today. Clearly would monitor him throughout the week. This could be a week where you could roll Frank out there and expect him to, you know, get a majority of the carries, probably be the goal line guy. Yeah. Um, they got a favorable matchup in Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know how many other weeks you're going to be able to start Frank uh, yeah, true. You know, without, without really worrying about it. Uh, this could be, this could be that. Wasn't, is there another, is there a third running back there or not? They did. They did pick up TJ Yeldon from the Jags who, you know, has had some PPR value kind of here and there throughout his career, yeah. but I'm clearly he'd still be splitting time with Frank. And you don't know, you know, whether or not he'd really be taking away goal line work because Frank still clearly 
can do that, you know, I mean, scored yeah. last week and we're still seeing it. So I think, um, I think this, this could be for, if you're, if you're feeling kind of thin, uh, mm-hmm. at either, you know, RB two or flex or wherever you're thinking, um, you know, I think this could be a week where you're rolling out, but well, my, my starting running backs are Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, which are not, you know, they're not, you know, like gangbuster yes. kind of guys. Yeah, that's tough. Um, Maybe I start Frank over Jordan Howard, though. Um, but my bench, so to finish that thought, my bench right now is Michael Gallup, who's out. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who's re- yet to report to his team. Right. <laughs> and then Kareem Hunt, who's suspended at the moment. So, oh, right. um, okay. yeah, I don't, like, I don't have much in, my, you know, in the way of reserves. Yeah. So. so there's playing the long game, and then there's playing the very long game. <laughs> and it seems like you're playing the very long game. Yeah, yeah. I got those guys at good value. Um. <laughs> certainly, certainly. I don't think I could argue with that. Um, not even knowing where you got them, I know that you, got, you got them at value. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you're going to need at least to trade for some kind of a – I don't know what the, what the best RB situation you could hope well, for. Probably, yeah, I mean – yeah, the running backs are weak. I mean, my wide receivers are weak too. I have, um, I mean, I think this week I'm okay because I have DJ Chark, uh, who's kind of like the trendy picker at the moment, and then Demarcus Robinson, KC. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys, you know, I mean, they had good weeks last last week. They could mm-hmm. potentially kind of see me through a week or two. Yep, yep. Um, but, I, you know, Michael Gallup might be out as much as four weeks or something. So I'm kind of, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I- I mean, for for his for his fantasy stock, it's unfortunate with the timing because I think the way mm-hmm. Dallas has been rolling and uh, the fact that you know he's clearly the number you know number two receiver there with Amari mm-hmm. getting yeah. the majority of the uh, obviously the number one looks. You know, the the opportunity was was clearly there for for Gallup to sort of take it over. Um, are yeah. you are you an Amari uh, Cooper fan or not? Good question. Uh, I th- <laughs> I would have to say, in short, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan. I- I've been a fan of the player, uh, but I don't necessarily know what it was in Oakland that prevented him from really being and, you know, existing as a number one wide receiver target every week, which yeah. I feel like he's done since he got to Dallas. I don't know if it's just force feed targets. I don't know if it's route concepts. I don't know if it's flow of the offense. I don't know if it's that their line is so much better and yeah. uh, they've got yeah, time to get open. They've got, of. you know, all these other pieces. Like, I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of college, I liked him a lot. His whole up and down thing with Oakland kind of just made me think, I don't know, maybe, maybe we were wrong, um, you know, about what he could be. And based on how he's looked so far, I mean, I think this is what, people expected when you drafted wide receiver in the top 10, you know, is this type yeah. of impact player. So I don't know. I mean, there's part of me that's not sold on him. Uh, kind of like I wasn't always, I wasn't completely sold on Sammy Watkins, you know, but then every once in a while he'll have a great game. But um, like Amari, I feel like, like it's a good situation for Michael Gallup because yeah. Amari can be it's covered, just, you know, yeah, like just and so, coverage and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. Hear you. But anyway, doesn't matter. Gallup's out, so I can't play him. You know. So um, anyway, I just swapped in Frank for Jordan Howard, so I think that's a little bit of an upgrade. But um, yeah, it's a little thin in my wide receiver and running back ranks. So sixteen's tough. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to have depth really anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, you've, you've got to just kind of wait it out and see, I don't know. The strategy is totally different in 16 and, and in 16, I don't know if it's mathematically possible to have a bench that you're truly pumped about. Like, yeah. I think the numbers just surely aren't there. So if it's a situation where you're carrying two tight ends, like you are and two quarterbacks, I think those are your pieces that you could move uh, yeah. to try and just get, you know, a little bit more stability in this, in the starter group. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that's what I'll do. I also am, I mean, this is Yahoo auto drafting for me, but I'm carrying two defenses too. So I have two quarterbacks, two tight ends and two defenses. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know, the, yeah. The only reason I haven't dropped Buffalo's defense, I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, I have Chicago too. So I, yeah, kind of no, rolling with them as my starters, but um, yeah. the only reason I haven't dropped them is because I don't want anyone else to pick them up. <laughs> and their schedule has certainly been favorable as of late. Um, mm-hmm. Playing against New York last week, they played against Cincy this week. Um, yeah, you right. know, Buffalo's got some upside there, but yeah, like you said, you're not starting them over Chicago, right? Um, you know, so I feel like that's the the consistent theme with with what I'm hearing from your te- about your team. It's You've got these guys, starters, kind of in place, you know, in a couple spots. And mm-hmm. then you magically got something behind them to where yeah. it's like, okay, well, what are they really doing for you right now? Yeah, they're taking up the bench. And, in fact, Chicago and Buffalo have the same bye week. So, it's, right. it's like, it doesn't even do any good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, at some yeah. point, I'll have to. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever uh, been a – uh, advocate of trading for a defense. Uh, I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever done it. I don't even think I've ever, I know I've never offered it, but in a 16 team league, I mean, defenses might, they're going to inherently have more value than you would think, right? Because mm-hmm. there aren't that many good ones that you can start every week unless you get lucky with matchups. So I don't know. You could put one massive, you know, trade package together and see if you can get mm-hmm. a two player haul or something, or, you know, see. Maybe you could sell them for parts here and there, you know, this yeah. team needs a tight end. Maybe they get Hawkinson or this team needs a quarterback to get Stafford or this team has, you know, uh, a great, a good defense, but they are getting a bad draw this week. Right. Like yeah, right. if you have the Ravens defense, they're playing KC. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people want to deal with that. No. You know? Yeah. You take Buffalo against Cincinnati any day, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It reeks of effort, but I might have to go and, look at people's rosters, see who might be susceptible to kind of a package deal or something. Yeah, you could do that. Or if you are all on a group chat or some kind of platform for that, you can just put the old feelers out there yeah. and say, looking to add, you know, a wide receiver two if I can, or a RB two or a, just a flex and try and go off that um, and see, see who bites. You never know. Yeah, somebody offered me – uh, Tyrell Williams mm-hmm. uh, for Stafford. Yeah, I would um, have done. I would have done that if I were you. But then they like pretty quickly canceled it. So yeah, yeah, I, they probably did that either soon before or uh, soon before week one uh, after uh, uh, after Antonio did his disappearing act uh-huh. uh, because people weren't sure what to make of Tyrell necessarily. Uh, you know, we've never seen him be the number one the number one target and. Yeah. Him and the Raiders came out, you know, swinging uh, on on their on Monday night for their first game, and you know he looked every bit the part of a number one receiver. Yeah. Um. All right. How are how are your teams doing? How many teams? How many leagues are you in? 
I'm in five. Five league. Yeah. Keeping it light this year. Uh, going with five. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'm actually one and one in uh, four of them and oh and two in one of them. So that one obviously got to gotta dig myself out a little bit. Did, um, I, did I mention that I'm two and oh both of my leagues or not? I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that. I did hear that. I'm also in the league <laughs> that you're in. Oh, right. One of them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm, so yeah. couldn't help but notice. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. I mean, you know, never hurts to, to get. Yeah, I'm getting lucky. Of, I'm like the Patriots so yeah. far, you know. Getting yeah, lucky. They've, they've been lucky for, what, 28, <laughs> 26 years. Uh, I don't know. How long has Brady been playing? Um, I don't know. It seems like fucking forever. Yeah, it has been forever. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, well, yeah, one and one uh, across most of the board. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that I'm owing to, and uh, I feel actually I feel pretty good about my team in general. But just kind of drew, you know, sometimes it, the, the way the week, the way the matchups kind of sure. roll. You yeah. know, week one, uh, I was up, you know, fairly big going into um, kind of the primetime games, and um, was playing against a guy that had. Deshaun Watkins and Hopkins stack. So obviously yeah. I was gonna I was gonna have a lead going in because his quarterback and number one receiver hadn't played yet. But they combined for I think sixty five something points. Yeah, so God, that hurts. You're not, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat many people that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd put up a okay to pretty to to. Week I played against a guy that had Mahomes. So yeah. yep. Whatever, whatever lead I had, he scored like thirty five points. So it doesn't matter, you know. Um, uh, and last week, a couple, a little bit of bad beat uh, across a couple of my teams. Um, tough situations with. Um, I, I went, I went pretty heavy for Carson Wentz this year, and yeah. for um, you know one to two uh, of the of the Eagles targets. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey in two leagues, or Deshaun Jackson in one in one league. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I, I went for a stack uh, in most of them, and sure enough, for both of those receivers, it was a nightmare last week with. As soon as the game starts, they're out. It wasn't even, oh, they're in question or anything like that. It was just, nope, calf strain, nope, abdominal strain, out. Yeah. And I was pretty much left to watching Wentz try and protect me in one league and bring me back in the other league. So, you know, that's how you end up one and one uh, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, for sure. Types of things. So, I don't know. In general, feeling, feeling pretty good about most of my teams. Um, you know, for some of them, I've squeaked by. Uh, but you know, I think touchdowns are coming for a lot of the players in mm-hmm. in some of my leagues, and in other ones, started out hot and had a cold week one, week two. That's mm-hmm. the long and short of it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, um, I feel like the first couple of weeks of the season are kind of random, anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, I think it's pretty. You're basing so much off of last year, you know, yeah. with the team that you saw, the the way that they played either a type of defense, the way that uh, the players that you have, the way their offense looked. I mean, it's a lot of just pure speculation, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you're just going off that. So that's why I think the first couple of weeks there, it's really easy to have panic trades and these people that are just, oh, yeah. I thought this dude was going to be gangbusters and now he's not even doing anything. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, it's part of why I take the approach that I do of waiting a little bit, seeing how the first month goes, right. are guys performing at or around where I think um, are guys, are there 
X, you know, are there X, Y, and Z reasons why someone's not performing? You know, is it, you know, one thing or the other schedule, Mm -hmm. quarterback play, other players on the defense, other players on the offense, you know, matchups. What what is it, you know, and just try trying to assess it. Yeah. Like I'm actually, I'm pretty bullish on Hawkinson as a, as a flex play all year long, just because he was, I mean, because I have Kelsey as my starter, <laughs> but um, because he was so like he's so athletic, he's like uh, I mean, he's basically a receiver, a big receiver, right? Like um, so yeah. you know, I'll, I'll play that guy all year long, even though he got one point two, like that. He showed us his floor and his ceiling in the last two weeks, right? But yeah, um, you know, I feel like I have enough other pieces, even though it's a sixteen team league, and it's like, I mean, Greg Zerline and Chicago defense, like this. That's always been kind of my strategy, and I don't, I don't know if this is a good strategy or not, but, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's all about the differentials, you know? Like, I feel like running backs and wide receivers, there's so many, so many players there, and there's so many players that are kind of all around the same range that you have to make a differential where you can, right? And so, yep. you know, kicker and defense is a place where, I don't know, here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> I'm always – I'm right in the place where – I usually am at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm third in my, in my work league. I'll, we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm third in the rankings mm-hmm. and fifth in total points. Right. And that's kind of like where I usually am at a 16 yeah. team. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know my strategy is the best strategy, but it always keeps me towards the top. Like I always make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I feel like I would need a degree in statistics to really like to make the leap, you know? Well, I, I think to to sort of just pick up off what you're saying, um, if you're talking about basing a lot of your strategy around, you know, having an elite defense or one of the better defenses or one of the higher, you know, volume kickers or guys that usually do pretty well a kicker and then maybe a tight end or maybe a, even quarterback, like you said, mm-hmm. um, in general, there's less surprises there, right? You're talking about, playing against the differentials or the deltas that you see with running backs and wide receivers, Mm -hmm. but you're going with the more proven sure things at quarterback, tight end, kicker, defense. I think that's, that's not a bad strategy overall. It just could, it could stand to, it could stand to reason that you deploy the same strategy after the first round or after the second round. Yeah. You, you go with best players available regardless of. Yeah. First couple of rounds for sure two running backs, two receivers, one of each, whatever it might be. And then after that, you deploy your normal thing because I think you'd have a really balanced team um, in either league if you were just focused more on getting one or two of the early picks, just sort of whether they're no-brainers or they're not as, they're not as much thought to them or whatever or however you want to put it, but just, just going for those, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those first two rounds – you know, if you're picking smart, I mean, those people are going to be consistent producers, right? Ideally. Um, yeah, ideally. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how, how, how it turns out. You know, I mean, in, you know, if you were even to go back uh, 10 years or something in the NFL, it's the running backs who would provide your floor and your wide receivers would provide your upside and stuff. Yep. But, um, yeah, with so many, like, running back by committee situations and it's um, tough. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like the wide receivers are all over the place, but I've never kind of trusted them anyway. It's like boom or bust. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it it the whole conversation I think centers around workhorse running backs, quote unquote. 
you know, the guys that get all of the, or a majority, a vast majority of the workload. And there's just, there's just so few of them, right? So unless you have a top pick or unless in an auction, you're willing to spend the utmost top dollar on one or two of those guys, even then Mm -hmm. you're not going to get the chance to get them, you know, for the most part. So yeah, wide receivers, tight ends, these other angles that people have had to take to try and, you know, get a leg up, but not be too far behind at the same time. Uh, you know, it all, it all plays out. I think, I don't, I don't know the last time I really, really thought about going wide receiver, wide receiver in a snake draft at the end, but I did it this year and yeah. I considered doing it in a couple of my leagues that, that were snake drafts just because again, you know, either I already have a stake in one workhorse running back and I've got them then I know I'm not getting a second one, so I got to spread the wealth a little bit to the other spots. Or I missed out completely on them, and I'm trying to get the top end, you know, receivers. If I can get two of the top six receivers and miss out on a running back, you feel a little better about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, like the first two weeks feel kind of random. Like, is everybody, like in the actual NFL, in the actual game results have there been any surprises for you in the actual results um i'd have to say i i think uh i knew i had a really good feeling that miami was going to be one of the worst teams uh i I talked to you about this before the year started Mm -hmm. um you know as far as who we think you know we'd be betting against most weeks or who might be already in play for, yeah. you know, lottery picks next year. I didn't think they were going to do a full tank like they're doing now. So it's, it's embarrassing. It's it it's ridiculous <laughs> for for a lot of a lot of different ways you want to put it. Yeah, trading away their best players and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. pretty obvious what they're doing. Yeah. As it stands right now, I think they have three number ones next year. They have two number ones the year after, and wow. I think I think in. I think in the first five rounds next year, they have double picks. Wow. First five rounds? I think so. I, I, I'm trying to remember a stat. I saw a, a graphic I saw on, on ESPN uh, the other day. It was, it was about two days ago. Um, you know, just for trying to show what they've collected so far. But to, to me, the thing is, and I say this across all sports, not just football. Yeah. When you're trading players – away unless you're already like a very obviously a very bad team and you can get some proven players and picks for Uh for a player like the nba kind of does it a little bit better i think than some other some other um some of the other leagues do but Mm -hmm. put it in the in the dolphin sense they're they're acquiring all these picks and then you still have to hit on those picks i mean then true yeah the the pressure's the pressure is even higher for those picks to pan out right then, well, the, thing, the thing it gives you is flexibility, right? Like you can, yeah. you can get in there. You have three, three first round picks. Is that what they have? Mm-hmm. You could trade away one of them and make a bunch of other picks. You trade away two of them and still have a first round pick. Like you have a lot of, lot right. of options, right? But, right. and like you like to say, like you have to have somebody to trade with, but it does just give some flexibility in terms of, you know, whether you're, you can target three studs in the first round or you can try to like build a ton of depth by trading away two of the first picks or something. Yeah, I mean, I just think it goes either way. If you trade for more picks, you still got to hit on those picks, right? Because if you don't, then you're not getting any return on what inevitably started as let's give away a really good player for a pick. 
you know, that's kind of the whole conversation. So the way I feel is your, your actual ceiling that you're going for, they just traded away Minka Fitzpatrick, right? He's a, he's a very good young um, corner slash safety. He's very good at both. He pretty much says, you know, obviously there's more money in playing corner and later in my career, I can switch to safety essentially. So why don't I just go with that plan? Um, Let's say with one of these three picks that they got for all the trades that they've made, they draft a corner. What are they expecting him to be? They're expecting their corner to probably be what Minka Fitzpatrick was. Right. Right. For him to be valuable enough to still be traded for a first round pick. So to me, it's like, is it a net game? Is, is it, is it, is it better than just trying to get him to say, Hey, you're one of our guys. You're one of our featured players. You're a cornerstone. We're going to build around you. It's going to be a little tough in the beginning because we're, we're obviously trying to build this whole thing up. But like, if we could lean on you to be a locker room leader, to be a leader on the field, we could turn this thing around with the right culture and the right type of players, you know, just the Mm -hmm. spiel versus we don't know what to do with you. We are starting over completely fresh here. We're going to trade you away and we're going to hope we can get someone as good as you later. That's, that's how I see a lot of these playing out. And I think it opens a door the whole reason Mick Fitzpatrick got traded was because the Dolphins are doing so bad and looking so bad that yeah. he's sitting there going, hey, I'm not going to waste my prime earning potential years mm-hmm. waiting for us to turn this ship around, right? Yeah. Waiting for us to build something worth playing for, you know, for, for bigger and better things. So here we are a week well, later. J- Jalen Ramsey's, you know, essentially yeah. – He's not saying the same thing for the same reasons. Obviously, there's a scheme problem there with how they're using him. He yeah. does not get along with the head coach. There's, there's more. There's different reasons there. But in general, he's putting his foot in the ground and saying, I'm an elite player, the best corner in football by most people's uh, opinion. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm about to, I should be getting paid in two years or a year, whenever my contract's up. If you guys aren't going to pay me and you're not going to use me correctly to where I can do what I can do, then I'm going to do it somewhere else. Yeah. And I, it's, it's just crazy to me to be a GM right now. It seems absolutely well, crazy to be a GM right now. So you think Minka was kind of forced his trade? Is that, is that what you're saying? Or? There were rumors after week one, after the pure and utter shellacking that went on uh, for, for the Dolphins, that several players contacted their agents and said, we should explore a trade. Like this is not oh, wow. not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, and the players don't want to be on a on a sinking ship either. Like they're they're not interested in tanking how, for a year in, how, for a future or whatever. How long can these guys play for? I mean, every oh, I mean, year, most of it's three or four years. Yeah, yeah. So you can't waste any of that time, right? You know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I think the players in the NFL are taking a they're taking a page out of the book of the 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 players in the NBA. Yeah. In the NBA, the players hold the power. I mean, yes, the owners are clearly very wealthy and they can change the rules. They can do all the normal ownerish things, right? Yeah. But if a player is not happy with your team, they're leaving. Mm-hmm. You really can't do anything to stop them. They're leaving. Yeah, yeah. the amount of wear and tear that an NFL player takes. Yeah. Like it, it's, not, it's not the fact that they're a year older Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's it's that they've taken a year of NFL level of abu- abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell will just play a year longer, and he'll mm-hmm. be the same guy that he would have been if he'd played straight through. So, mm-hmm. him taking a whole year off, uh, it doesn't affect 
his career, really. Well, well, it might not have affected his career if he went to a better team. Um, well, playing, playing right. on the Jets, he might age four years this season. Like we might, we might have to see what his actual carbon dating age is at the end of the year. No, you're you're right. I mean that particular situation, you, but in terms of just physical health. No, you're right. You're right. I, had to, I had to throw that last little yeah. thing in there, but you are correct in, in what you're saying. Yeah. I do, I do agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it kind of makes sense. Like if these players are realizing, hey, wait, I could sit out and force the issue and actually get what I want. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'd expect more more players to do that. Um, yeah. I mean, we I, may be seeing that right now with uh, with uh, Melvin Gordon, right? So. Well, yeah, I think what Le'Veon did two years ago just sort of showed everyone that it's possible, and especially running backs. Mm-hmm. You know that hey, if you sit out and you can prove that you're still in shape when you're, when, you know, you actually hit free agency, if you sit out the whole year yeah. or you sit out for a while and you come back and you ball out, if you can prove that you're still able to just perform on the field, someone's going to pay you. Someone has to pay you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the difference is, would he rather be on a good team? Like, or, or what was a good team yeah. in, in Pittsburgh, getting franchise tagged, not having the assurance, but still getting, an average of the top five salaries and being in contention every year or mm-hmm. getting guaranteed money up front and a lot of it to be on a way worse team. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's the trick. Maybe that's the trade off you have to have. Right. Oh man. It's so tough. It's like, and it, you know, I can't, I can't fault guys who do the, the calculation either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. It's a, you know, it's a brutal business and you may only play it four or five years if you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. And, so, you know, you're like, you're trying to set up yourself and your family and yep. God knows what for the rest of your life, you know? So, and you could get injured at any time. So yeah, you're playing on a one year deal. Yeah. $15 million sounds like a lot of money, but you know, if you can hold out for a year, not yep. risk getting injured and get 30 or $40 million guaranteed. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. from an economic standpoint, makes yeah. sense. The numbers, yeah. The numbers are what they are. So I mean, we, yeah. our, our, our society kind of mythologizes the, the guy who just like all he wants to do is win, you know, he just wants to win that championship and stuff. But that's a, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's, it's like disregarding a whole, like a whole slew of, of kind of issues around this, around the realities of the sport. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think um, almost every, so many conversations that we have around just the nature of the, either the game or sports and, and, society mixed together or sports and social media and social media being representative of society, all that normal stuff. I think any way we can spin that just shows that the level of, you know, uh, depth that we have into seeing athletes more as humans than mm-hmm. just athletes. There were these like borderline mythological figures, you know, growing up when we didn't have the exposure to them that we have now. Yeah. And now there's there is that dichotomy going on of hey uh, yeah I'm an athlete and I hold myself to this crazy high standard and I push myself and I want to win and it's all about championships and all that but don't come at me on Twitter or my family on Twitter just because I missed a missed a I dropped a catch to win the game or because I jumped off sides or because uh, you know it's there's there's a human element to it that I think it's more it's more obvious now because there's that there's that line between fan and and athlete is so thin, you know, with, with exposure and being able to just voice your opinion to them more than just being in the stands and yelling at them at the game. 
Um, so they, it has changed, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely more human than they've ever been. And we mm-hmm. get to see that. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, there's some things about the game. It's like, uh, what was the, um, the guy who hit, uh, was it a Jets player? They hit, um, Baker in the last game. It was Jamal Adams. Yeah. Jamal Adams, who reportedly has said he's <laughs> looking for a trade. Oh, really? Oh, well. Anyway, he, I mean, that hit? Yeah. Well, that was football. That was nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really, yeah. that's a penalty? Yeah. You kind of wonder. Like, I mean, it, I'm, you know, CTE and concussions, all kind of stuff aside, like, it's like the, the game, um, I don't know. It's not the same game. I mean, it really does feel like it's, like he said, like it's trending towards you know, two-hand touch or something. Yeah, and I think when you've got so many rules protecting certain players or certain positions, um, you know, they say it – defenders say it every year. Where can you actually hit a quarterback? Yeah. Where? If you push him down too much, it's it's excessive. It's roughing of some kind. Uh, they you have land rule, on him. They have a rule this year for body weight. And it's yeah. like if you put your body weight on him – so if you tackle him is what I'm hearing. Or right. if you – you know, you're – rushing from the side and you jump and you get some of the ball and his arm, then you then can't fall on him. Well, how are you going to get the ball? Like, you know, <laughs> the, the, just the, the sheer, I yeah. guess, physics of it don't make sense. And I don't always agree super uh, really. Uh, I don't always agree very much with some of the things that, you know, guys like Booger McFarland might say on Monday night football, but yeah. he was like, he, he put it perfectly uh, while talking to one of their appointed, you know, um, uh, refs that used to be a ref and is now retired and sits in the booth and talks to them yeah. about, about stuff. He asked him, he's like, what's, what's a player supposed to do? Levitate? Like, what are, you, what are you supposed <laughs> to just hover around until it's safe to land? Like, is there yeah, some right. kind of giant helicopter? You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I understand, like, quarterback's by far the most valuable player in all of sports. Yeah. Um, and you know, playing quarterback, you're in a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable positions relative to sure. massive people that are running at you. Right. So right. I get some of it, but it's, um, like in that situation, like he's basically, he's running to the, towards the sideline. Like yeah. you need to do something to stop him. Right. I mean, yeah. and you basically, you push him yeah, and he falls backwards and that's a penalty. Yeah. Like this is a it's a violent game and like, right. You know, you need to protect players to a certain extent, but I don't know. That, that one kind of got me. I don't, I don't usually get on this high horse about on this, on the side of the high horse, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. That one did kind of like, Oh, come on. You know, like, I don't know. I yeah. Don't he know. got, he got fined for it too. I don't remember the dollar, yeah. amount, but yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, speaking of that kind of thing, I mean, there are, you know, we've had, so Breeze and Breeze and Roethlisberger are have been injured. They're out. Yeah. Uh, ben for the year and Breeze for six weeks or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Um, how does that impact uh, impact things? I mean, beyond beyond fantasy, where I'm interested in trading Matthew Stafford for anyone who's <laughs> right. listening on my on my work league. But um, he's out there. Folks. Of, Go get him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Come at me with your offers. Um, but in terms of actual football, like. Uh, you know, are the backups going to be able to hold down the fort for a while? Or, well, uh, overall, I'd have to say it's 
it's it's really unfortunate that we spent as much time talking potentially be able to do this year uh you know in terms of the record books and sure enough yeah. it's you know breeze that ends up getting hurt uh, a guy who has not i mean other than a very serious shoulder injury that he had when he was on his way out of san diego that inevitably opened the door for Philip rivers he hasn't been hurt that much he's been mm-hmm. remarkably yeah you know well, i'm not saying he hasn't been banged up obviously everybody's banged up but he's been able to stay on the field you know mm-hmm. and that's part of why he's been able to climb up the record books that he that he has right you got to be able yep. to play in the first place um similarly you know other than occasionally missing a game here or there for maybe a concussion like symptom or a, a random something or other Roethlisberger has played a majority of you know the games mm-hmm. that he's been able to suit up for as well so I think it's going to be really interesting to answer your question about can the backups hold it down. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was a starter before he had a catastrophic injury in practice that just yep. derailed two years of football away from him. You know, it just took him away. And it'll be interesting to see what, what it looks like when they design, a, a, you know, a package of plays and a game plan around him. Uh-huh. Latest thing I heard is that they're planning on using him and Taysom Hill, who's this – you know, yeah. crazy do-it-all player that I don't even know how he's going to survive 10 years in the league playing all the different things that he plays. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he sits back and plays quarterback, he looks like he can do it in Sean Payton's system. So yeah. I'm not sure which – is it going to be Bridgewater first and then the leash is short, or is they going to see which one of them has more command and kind of do it college style? I don't yeah. know. The, um, it's going to be really interesting to see. And of all things, the way the schedule works out in the craziest way – uh, you and I are sitting here talking about backing up Drew Brees and how the Saints are going to rally and regroup and what's their offense going to look like and and or the Steelers. What are they going to look like with Mason Rudolph? They invested a draft pick in him. He probably – they were probably hoping he was the heir apparent to Ben someday anyway. But yep. were they thinking right now? I doubt it. Uh, but here we are. The Saints are playing Seattle, your boys, yeah. and uh, the – uh, the Steelers. All oh, right, Steelers players. up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're gonna get a real first-hand look at what these mm-hmm. offenses look like with these guys, and yep. and do we think they can carry the load? I think um, if I had to put, you know, if I had to put a Vegas bet on on either of these, either of these quarterbacks to to kind of do well, I, I kind of have to lean Bridgewater just because I think yeah he's already been a starter in the league. It's not the same as whatever. You know, Mason Rudolph's going to be going through the first time, you know, prep for all these things. And also, Sean Payton's still a hell of a play caller. So I think sure. he's going to be able to to make things work. We'll see. But what I want to know is, that, you know, what's Seattle? So playing against Drew Brees, um, you know, you, you can change up your whole game plan, you know, for what yeah. they want to do. So it'll be interesting to see, like, what – what do they do to try and disrupt him? And how does he respond to that? You know, mm-hmm. or is Taysom Hill the counterpunch? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting situation. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that they play Bridgewater for the majority of the snaps on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Cause um, I feel like he, I don't know, like he's, I don't know. I mean, you know, if he'd been playing this whole time, he'd probably be a, a really decent quarterback. Right. Um, I feel like something about, I don't know if it was the injury or something, but it's like having sat out a lot of that time, 
he's not the quarterback he would have been. Like he's like, like the confidence isn't there or something. You know what I mean? Well, growth, growth gets stunted, right? You need reps. You need yeah. live action to, to continue to grow, you know, yeah. as a, as a player. He always had a kind of a funny release too. Even though like when he was first, before he got injured or anything, I was always like, yeah. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. Cause like he has that kind of sidearm release or whatever. Um, anyway, you know, I mean, Rivers has that and he's been successful and stuff. So, sure. sure. um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes on, on Sunday. And I could really see a, like a timeshare at quarterback for the, for the saints. I mean, Taysom Hill, he is a playmaker. He's a football player. Yeah. He's like, yeah. uh, he's like what, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, you know, the, uh, Tebow. This is what Tebow should have been, you know? <laughs> I mean, they just certainly do have stuff scripted for him already. You know, whether yeah. it's when Breeze is there, they still have their, five, ten plays that they have designed just for Taysom Hill. So I think they'll continue to do that. Whether that expands more, I think, is really the question. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, we've both seen it, you know, at various times with teams that are struggling that all of a sudden go to a new quarterback. And all of a sudden the line that couldn't really block before now is mm-hmm. like picking up blocks and they're like, no one's getting by him and all these things. And you're just wondering, where was this before? Mm-hmm. The, the, the juice, the life that a quarterback that the offense can believe in, that, that feeling, that motivation, that chemistry, it's unlike anything else. But it can also be just as bad if yeah. they go and he throws the first couple balls into the dirt or he yeah. mails a throw you know, that's pretty open over someone's head and it goes right to a safety. I mean, I think the, the confidence meter is going to be really where I'm, what I'm looking at for, for both of these teams mm-hmm. uh, with, with new quarterbacks starting. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, um, I don't know if I were Sean Payton, I feel like, you know, I feel like there's a part of me that thinks that like Taysom Hill is only a gadget guy because Breeze is still there. It's like out of sure. respect for him. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like Taysom Hill he could he can stress a defense because he can run. Yeah, you know he's like a legitimate runner. He can throw decently. I mean, you kind of play wildcat or something with him, like in the backfield. You like you don't you don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen as a defense. Right. So, right. Um, I don't know. I'm a little surprised. I guess that I mean maybe you know Bridgewater tanks. Maybe they go full on. They kind of go all in on Taysom Hill or something. But yeah, I think what what a what they're fine what they're financially tied to with Bridgewater. I mean, they're paying him plenty of money. I think yeah. you're, you're paying him as the backup. But in general, if you've got a guy like Sean Payton that's got the offensive mind, the creativity, yeah. and he's been holding on to Taysom Hill for some amount of time, using him here, using him there, scripting a couple of players from here and there, the fact that he's kind of been having, sort of keeping him nearby all this mm-hmm. time makes me think that, that that could be who ends up, you know, really being the – the guy to try and hold it down until Breeze is back because mm-hmm. Breeze isn't done for the year. They've got to no, just, right. yeah. you know, six, seven games here, maybe, which mm-hmm. is saying a lot. It's half the season, but uh, you know, still it's not as bad as it could be. Meanwhile, oh, totally. yeah. the Steelers are on the other side of it. There's no Ben Roethlisberger for the whole year. Yeah. So they're getting full tilt to see what kind of a player they have in Mason Rudolph. And you know, it's maybe a good year to do that. Like they're down, they no more Le'Veon, no more Antonio Brown. So, uh, you could argue it's almost a rebuilding year anyway. I mean, Juju is a legit, legit number one, but um, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe a good time to just see if there's any magic in that connection. Sure. Will, 
Did sure. you do? Yeah. And I mean, you know, Rudolph clearly came in and immediately found a rapport with a guy like Vance McDonald, who uh-huh. was, had done next to nothing, you know, in, in one game that they got destroyed by the Patriots, but he really hadn't done much in that other game. Um, all of a sudden he's, you know, he's kind of rejuvenated. I always try not to buy too much, like get caught up in all the emotion and the stock of when a backup comes in um, mid game, because yeah. you know, a team has not been preparing for that guy. Like even if oh, it's right, right. they're only preparing for some amount of percentage of plays. Well, it's usually a backup guy that has like his career game because yeah. you know, they're, they're like running with the second team and they, so they, just play together, right? Yep, yep. And in, in Mason Rudolph's case, he went to college with a receiver that the Steelers drafted in the same draft. So he's got someone that's got okay. he's got immediate rapport with. I'm going to be interested to see if is that who he just leans on and targets, or yeah. does he try and do they try and work it through Juju? Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean Juju is good enough that he'll be open. <laughs> I mean. Then the other thing, a young quarterback's going to lean on the tight end, and then there's this third option too. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they have, you know, maybe they do all right. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's a new era. Maybe to, maybe Ben uh, gets traded at the end of the year. You know, it was. I think the I wasn't the only one having the immediate sort of thought of, well, if it takes Ben too long to come back from this, does he uh-huh. just retire? The guy yeah. flirts with retiring all the time. Oh, I personally, yeah. I personally think it's usually attention related because that seems to be the guy that he is. But, um, you know whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But he came out right away and said, I'm not retiring. I'm going to come back from this. And I'm like, okay, well you probably have to say that, right? To, like he, you ended the like, season healthy three times and said you were going to retire. But yeah. now you're hurt. Yeah. You're going to come back. Right. I, yeah. So <laughs> it could be right. It could be, that could be the thing. If, yeah. if Mason yeah. does well enough to win the job, this is how it goes. A lot of the time people don't yeah. usually get the perfect clean slate you know, handshake between pre, uh, you know, the last era's quarterback and the next era's quarterback. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. That way. The, mm-hmm. the, the guy that you're waiting on ends up either getting a shot or just sort of taking the job, you know, mm-hmm. one way or the other. So yeah. that's how it, I feel like that's how it always goes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, speaking of which, I mean, do we pour one out for Eli Manning or? Oh, you- man. <laughs> uh, what's funny is, what's funny is, maybe it's just me. Craig is going to pour one out for him, I think. Oh he, yeah, he's going to pour one out straight into his straight into his mouth, uh, straight. Into his mouth. <laughs> um, I. What's funny to me is, I feel maybe I just hold on to, you know, the last couple of years of 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 news or how the ebb and flow of a season goes for certain teams, but. Wasn't it just two years ago that Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning? Granted, it was it was clearly for pretty much no reason. Um, the team wasn't doing well. It wasn't his fault, really. It was just they weren't doing well. And yeah. he doesn't bench him for the young quarterback that they think they can get something out of. He benches him for, like, Geno Smith, who yeah. is a journeyman, you know, quarterback, whatever. So, outrage. Everyone's outraged. Right. People losing their minds. New York's losing their minds. They're like, what are you talking about? Eli didn't do anything wrong. He brought us two Super Bowl rings. What the hell is this? And yeah. it was almost it was almost like this big thank you to Eli for putting up with everything all the time and, mm-hmm. and getting those rings. And then here we are two years later, and people were either not down for the Daniel Jones pick and then all of a sudden all about it because of yeah. preseason. Uh, right. And, and yeah. were enamored 
And hey, sure, he looks good in preseason, but lots of guys do. I mean, you know, they're playing against guys that aren't going to be on an NFL roster at the end, end of yeah. the preseason. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, the way the way most of these situations go, I think Jones is going to start for a couple games. Yeah, he'll play maybe well enough at first. He'll end up kind of fizzling out, and then they'll go back to Eli, and then at the end of the year they'll figure out okay. Jones got his feet wet. What are we doing? Are we sticking with Eli? What's the plan? I think that's how the rest of the year plays out. So to answer your question, no, I'm not pouring one out for him. I think <laughs> – I don't think he's going to be the type of player that's going to really test the waters and try and go somewhere else when his contract is up. Yeah. But maybe – maybe – maybe someone might need to go check on Phillip Rivers because the quarterbacks from that draft class are yeah. just are just under siege right now. Yeah. Well, they're getting to that age. I mean, how old is Eli? He's 37, 38, something like that. Right. I mean, I, uh, you know, I mean, how long do you expect to play, even at quarterback? Well, there's – I mean, maybe maybe this is – If you're not Tom Brady. Maybe this is the year to have the conversation because it's – you know, Mahomes is obviously just taking the torch of, of – or if he didn't already – um, for the next era of quarterback, right? Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson's making sure he's not left out of the conversation with the way he started the year. Uh, Dak, you know, Dak Prescott's playing well. Dak's know? playing extremely well. Um, you know, yeah, Baker. Gonna, Baker's kind of going back for. I think Baker's yeah. seeing the downside of the all the. Uh, I don't think he's afraid of the notoriety. I don't think he's afraid of the spotlight, the, yeah. the target being on you. But I think the rest of the offense is learning what that's like. That's that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Um, also, j- real quick on Baker, for some reason it feels like it just feels like he has to go through a lot to complete a pass right now. Like <laughs> not, not a not a lot of his throws seem to be really just hitting wide open guys or guys are getting yeah, wide like open all the time. Catch and all that you stuff. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's just scheme. Maybe they're just playing defenses are playing them differently. I don't I don't know. But it just it just seems like he, they kind of have to grind to really mm. get a couple. A couple, a couple good passes together, but I digress. It, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see when these guys are at, you know, beyond year five of their career, beyond year mm-hmm. seven, maybe ten, and Tom Brady's still playing probably, and they still have to try and find a way to get through him because they're all Brady. in the AFC. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What what are you doing? What are you going to do? It always comes back. You just have, you just have to assume that Brady's just always going to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just have to so. kind of, that's, that's the one thing you're sure of, and then everything else is around that. I think there's going to be a pass where he drops back, and it's maybe a play action, so he gets some time to really settle down back there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to uncork one, and his arm is just going to fly off with the ball. I think that's when, that's when he's actually going to be done. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. It's going to be obvious to everyone. Like his arm actually is flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. it's, it's as though a zombie threw a football, right? Yeah. Like and the arm just stuck with it. That's what I. Well, think. if he gets old enough, I mean, basically, it's not attached actually, anymore. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. He might actually still happen. be a zombie. <laughs> he might be an actual zombie. Yeah. Okay, I would I would pay money to see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh boy. Whew. So, um, you know, look if you you know. I've, I've said a few times on this podcast, the first two weeks are basically random, but mm-hmm. um, you know, if you look at the actual standings in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. 
there aren't a lot of surprises to be honest. Like the only one that really surprises me is Buffalo being two and zero. but it's random enough that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, Patriots two and zero, the Jets and Dolphins zero and two. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Ravens two and zero, Cleveland one and one. I mean, that's not a surprise. Bengals and Steelers suck. Uh, AFC South sucks basically. Uh, the Chiefs two and zero, Raiders and Chargers one and one. That's kind of who they are. The Broncos are rebuilding. They're zero and two. You know what I mean? Like you go through the whole the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, like NFC South, most of them are one and one. Panthers are zero and two. That's a little bit of a surprise maybe. Um, and then you look at the NFC West, and there's three teams that are two and zero. Uh, the Cardinals are terrible, but they're still one and one. They I still mean, got. Are they, are they that terrible? They, they, you know, they could have easily won that game against against Detroit. You know, they, yeah. they, uh, Detroit was up. They blew a lead. Let's not let's not give too much credit. But yeah. uh, at the same time, they Arizona had their chance where they 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 could have maybe stolen mm-hmm. that game. True, um, and then be one and one, mm-hmm. and then this division would be even more of a mess. Uh, it's yeah. it's supremely tough. Yeah, if you're just looking at record, you know, uh, it's it's hard to find a division that's really much more difficult. I mean, obviously, I think the NFC North does have its moments, but mm-hmm. the Vikings are extremely inconsistent. The Lions are all over the place. You know, yeah. kind of they're they're maybe the most streaky team, and then the Bears, elite defense, but we don't know what to make of their offense. What yeah. the hell was that week one? You mm-hmm. know, what's the deal? Um, so it, it's tough. But yeah, yeah right is- now, if the playoffs were right now, which obviously that's ridiculous because we're right. an eighth of the way through the season, you know, the, the Packers would make the playoffs and the Lions. Yeah. They're 1 0 1. You know, like the Vikings and Bears would be out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I mean, obviously it's too, too early to make any conclusions, but um, right. I don't know. I mean, NFC West is looking pretty strong. I mean, your, your Niners are at the top with the biggest uh, point differential out of the, the three teams that are 2 0. Well, it helps. It helps when you when you look at who who they played. But okay. uh, uh, T- Tampa Week One, obviously, plenty of turnovers to go around there for Jameis. But what that tells me is that the defense is much improved. Uh, the the D line uh, has been able to generate some pressure. The secondary that seemed to be getting torched this time last year, mm-hmm. uh, clearly benefiting and 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 not just benefiting from the pass rush, but all in general playing better too. I mean. They're getting yeah. an interception every week. Uh, they're getting at least two sacks every week. They're getting multiple tackles for loss every week. So mm-hmm. I think there's some things that to really build on and kind of be be pumped about. But at the same time, the best thing about this to me, uh, you know, being two and zero, is the fact that it's two road games that they went and won. That's right. the best. That's the best part to me. Yeah. Obviously, seeing what we're seeing on the field is great. Uh, you're getting to see Shannon kind of have finally enough pieces to really mm-hmm. sort of be able to unlock so many more pieces of his offense. But, you know, the Bengals and the Buccaneers, not great teams. Yeah, know, sure. So, but you know, it's the NFL. Like yeah. you got to beat, you got to beat the good te- the bad teams. And to, yeah, this, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. The, the yeah. teams that make the playoffs beat mm-hmm. the teams that they should most of the time. Yep. And that's part of how they get there. So, you know, this this whole thing, uh, who have they beaten and what's that team's record? I mean, yeah, that's part of it, but they're also still beating them. So, right. you know, I mean, Seattle Seattle beat uh, uh, the, the same Bengals, you know. Right, yeah. And then 
they beat the Steelers sans Roethlisberger. So the Steelers, who I want to point out, have uh, where is it? Um, they are negative thirty-two in point differential. So yeah, well, they got completely they got bulldozed week one. So that'll wreck your point differential. Yeah, you know, just getting a what was it a thirty spot dropped on you by by the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, and th- that differential was not. At the hands of the Seahawks, who are sure. a plus three. Right. <laughs> who hurt? So. I don't know. I, I feel <laughs> winning games the way that Seattle wins games. You know, just right. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think, like you said, these and, and you pointed forward to this week. We talked about Seattle playing the Saints and the Niners mm-hmm. playing the Steelers with new quarterbacks in play. You know, it's road road games, I think, for both of those guys, or, or is Seattle traveling to New Orleans? Uh, one moment, please. No, they're, New Orleans is coming to Seattle. So right. So they'll get, they'll get that artificially, uh, you know, loud crowd yeah. noise. <laughs> right. The manufactured. Uh, <laughs> no, so, so it's long travel for both road teams. I mean, I don't know what the line is. I don't know who's favored, but this should be these – are, these are two – these are both games that the home team should win. Right? Well, with Breeze out, I would – I yeah. would hope that Seattle's favored. Yeah. So if we go further and we're talking about three, you know, and yeah. you're sitting there, then like for how long do you keep talking about? Well, it's who they've played. Well, the schedule has a way of evening out and you've mm-hmm. got to beat the teams that are bad in yeah. order to have the chance of even surviving. Wait, unless, unless you're the Vikings, right? Like where you, <laughs> right. you only beat the bad teams and I always know. lose to the good teams. I don't understand. I feel like most teams, you know, like if, if you're a decent team, you beat the bad teams and yeah. you split with the good teams. And right. that's what kind of makes, you know, like then you're, then that whole echelon is in the playoffs and that's what makes yeah. it exciting. Like they're pretty yeah. evenly matched. They're evenly matched. Exactly. And I'll take, <laughs> I'll take quote unquote beating easy teams early because yeah. the end of the year schedule, the last five, six weeks for the Niners yeah. Not easy at all. So yeah. I'm not gonna care about <laughs> these first couple of games. Damn wins. Yeah. North just, yeah. You know, week one when the Niners won was the first time Kyle Shanahan's had a winning record since he was at the Niners. <laughs> really? Oh god. Yes. So that tells you everything you need to know. I'm taking okay. these wins. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're sitting on top of the NFC, NFC West right now, my man. Oh, the Rams are still there. Yeah, but you know they have a twenty-one point um, differential, and you have a thirty-eight point differential. So keep it up, keep it at forty. <laughs> keep going, let's go. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, you know, through uh, twenty-two drives in two games, the Niners haven't had a three and out. Is that right? Yeah. Huh? They're, they're punting on third down, or what, what's happening? They're, they're punting right away. So you don't have three <laughs> and out. You punt right away. That's an old Steve Martin gag, like from a long time ago. <laughs> I used to like to punt on first down, and you know, but it's a it's cool that they're doing that. I, mean, I just it's, you know it's exciting that uh, obviously it's a pain in the it's a pain in our asses that all these teams are existing in the same division at the same time for right. for the you know the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks in particular. But the Cardinals, I think, clearly are going to be a thorn in someone's side. They're their yeah. uh, their offense the, the the everything they banked on you know it's already kind of working in that hey we're gonna play they're playing Mike D'Antoni basketball on in, on the football field you know they're <laughs> they're they're just running up and down the field yeah. fast possessing the ball and hoping they tire you out by the end of the game how do you think they made the comeback on the on the Lions yeah they just 
wore them out over time, you know? It'll work, you know, at like a quarter of the time or something, right? Yeah. So, But hey, yeah. if that's four wins, mm-hmm. you know, you're building something. Yeah, you're not getting the first pick, but you're building something. Yeah, <laughs> true. Well, you might. I don't know. No, not with the Dolphins in the league. Oh, geez, you're right. Are they going to win a game? Should we – you want to bet on that? You think they'll I, go? I – let's see. I got to think they're worse than the – They the, play the Jets twice, right? So so there's yeah. that. The Jets are terrible too. They could steal one from the Jets. That would be about the only team that I would see them beating. Actually, what, what other division do they play this year? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um. I'm looking at the bottom of all the divisions. I, I can't see a team that they beat other than the Jets. Like, they might get up for a division game once this year and maybe beat the Jets. But I would – I'd put 20 bucks on the, on, the, on the Dolphins not winning a single game this year. Yeah, so they're playing at Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. Chargers at home. The Chargers in Miami by week. Washington in Miami. At Buffalo, at Pittsburgh, New York, in Miami, at Indy, yeah, Buffalo, at Cleveland, Philly, Jets again, Giants, Cincy, closing the year out with the the Patriots. I I don't know. I don't know if I read a lot of wins uh, there. I mean, there's a that fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Those those three weeks. Yeah, they could they, that, they could win a game. Know. Yeah, that's that's it. Like end of the year, they're like, bullshit. We're not going to go zero and sixteen. We don't want to be the Browns. No offense, Schmizzy. Um, and those are three potentially winning games, like yeah. like winnable games. So uh, it's you know, I'd still put twenty bucks on them losing every game though. <laughs> they are they are so bad, and they really appear to be trying to get the first pick in the draft. I mean, yeah, like. Yeah intentionally right tanking tanking for Tua is what most people are calling it (laughs) there you go so the coaches may get unlucky and they may win a game that knows that that little stretch but i don't know if you want to you know are you going to take one win for 20 bucks no (laughs) 10 bucks bucks. come on man i can't in good conscience take take that bet you drive a tesla 10 bucks don't don't put that on me. Don't, <laughs> what are you doing here? I don't drive a Tesla. Uh, well, currently I, I don't either. I drive uh, a car Subaru. Driving. I don't. I don't drive. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ten, okay. ten bucks. Ten. No. No. So so what's the action? What are you saying here? The ten? action is one I'm, win. If they win one game, you get ten bucks. If they don't win any, I get ten bucks. Okay, let's do fifty. 50 bucks. I didn't sign up for that. I said 20 bucks first and then you seemed re- hesitant. So I went to 10 bucks. This is how I lull you to sleep. And then I, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm not going to do 50 bucks. <laughs> See, that's so tough. Now, <laughs> I drive a Subaru. Oh, stop bringing that up. <laughs> uh, no, not 50 bucks. I would, I, I do 20 bucks. That's what I said originally. <laughs> okay. well. Get out of bed for twenty bucks, man! Come on, what is that? Might get out of bed for twenty bucks. Uh, so, oh, oh, oh. Uh, hey yo, Venmo, uh, Venmo. <laughs> I 
Episode 24 is brought to you by Venmo. Oh, Jesus. Totally. Uh, yeah, I wish we could <laughs> I wish we could wrap up talking about uh, upcoming fantasy matchup between yeah. you and I, uh, which we will make a bet for, obviously. When, when is that? When is, when is that not till, it's not until week 11, man. Like, when, oh, really? Yeah. Who's commissioned this league? Oh. <laughs> yeah, All right. Man. It's you. It, it me. <laughs> I guess you don't have any real control of the schedule, right? You can randomize it, um, but it's all a beginning of the year thing. And, you know, if I didn't do it, then I didn't do it. So, all right. Yeah. Anyway, Week we'll 11. save that. We'll table oh, that. Yeah. For no, we will ep- come back to that. Episode 30 when we're, when we're ready to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to do six more episodes in nine weeks. Really? Is that really going to happen? Um, no, it's not going to happen. I mean, if our, you know, if our track record is any indicator, it'll be episode 20. Five. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you're putting out all this effort, I kind of want to make sure we try and get another one set sometime soon. But yeah, now that I'm offering bets, on yeah, that. yeah, now it's getting inter- interesting, right? Right. This is what you do. This is classic storytelling. You leave the 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 listener hanging. Like, will the bet be made? Will it not? I don't know. You leave Craig listening. Or you leave yeah. Craig hanging. Yeah. Anyway, leave him, leave him listening, please, Craig. Just keep listening. Come on, Craig. I'll, I just, you know, every every time we publish one, I'm just like waiting for Craig to say like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Like, oh, that was your worst one yet. Uh, oh, yeah. Craig, he's such a such a tough, uh, tough sell. I know. What can you do? You just got to keep trying. I know, right? That's what we do here at Slant and Go. And if we don't, if, we, if uh, I don't feel like, you know, you're putting out the effort or if this isn't working out, then I'll just demand a trade. I think that's just clearly, no. I've only got so much time to be doing prime time podcasting for yeah. up to seven subscribers that I, I, you know, I need to be, I, I need to be getting my money's worth, man. This is the NBA, right? I mean, yeah. that's how that, how it works. Absolutely. Yep. <sighs> wow. All right. It's been a journey. It's been yeah. good. Um, it's true. Here we are. <laughs> Heading into week three already. It's kind of going by fast. No, I don't, uh, time and just generally, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. What it's September 2019, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't approve this. Yeah. No one, not that no one, anyone asked me, but sure. um, I would have had to go a little slower if it had been yeah. up to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I was kind of happy that football season came back around so quickly, but then oh, no, that's fine. But like, wait, 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 no, no, let's savor it. You know, like, but no, no, and like now the weeks are going by and like yeah. games are happening and like all this stuff, you know. So now we're week three already. Um, I don't know, whatever it is, what it is. You can't, you know, time flies like an arrow. Yeah. So whatever, it's fine. If Craig could slow down, it'd be cool. Seems like a positive place that we've come to. <laughs> God damn it, it got dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I am happy that football season is underway. Um, you know my uh, my nephew plays for uh, Pacific Lutheran. Yep. Tight end and punter. Yep. And they won last weekend. Um, I uh, I'm probably not going to get to one of his games until November though. They're going to play in Salem. I you know I live in Portland and um, they're going to be playing in Salem against Willamette University where I used to work a long time ago. Oh snap! Uh, so uh, I'll get to go to his game um, down there uh, November whatever it is 16th or something like that awesome. yeah november, november 16th yeah so you know any uh slant and go subscribers want to yeah. meet me at the game we'll uh, put you on the podcast absolutely um, 
if you actually show up on November 16th in Salem, Oregon at the PLU Willamette game. This is your moment for whoever has been waiting for this. <laughs> Nobody's been waiting for this. <laughs> no one. Like, you never know. Maybe it'll go viral and there'll be like hundred people show up and I have to like choose who gets to like actually be on the podcast. Yeah, that's going to happen for sure. I'm glad you're planning for it already. <laughs> you never know, you know, like maybe this was our best podcast ever and people will be sharing it, and, you know. We have like, Clearly every episode is our best one ever. So that's, that's just how I feel it feel like that is true. The, the bar just, being fairly low. Well, that's, that's science. That's what you do. True. Yeah. As long as we're improving. Um, yeah, you want that 1.1 versus the 0.9 right. trend line, right? All right. Anyway, this has been The Slant and Go. You can Slant find us at slantandgo.com. The slantandgo.com. What did I say? say? Anyway, uh, or you can find it on Instagram or Twitter at The Slant and Go. We're there. Um, not that we post very much at either of those places, but, you know, we're there. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. And, um, any, uh, last words of wisdom, Noor? Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, words of wisdom. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I see this every, I see this often enough to, to bring it up mm -hmm. when, when a quarterback's rolling out and they're getting pressured and no mm -hmm. one's really coming open and they keep rolling, they keep rolling and they're getting to the sideline. Mm -hmm. Why, why does some of them just tuck the ball away and run and they take like a one, two, sometimes three-yard loss mm -hmm. or a zero net gain when they could just mm -hmm. throw it at someone in the sideline and there's got to be a receiver in the area somewhere, you know, right. and just, just not take the sack or mm – -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The right? linemen would thank them for I not taking like, the sack. I, I honestly feel like it happens often enough to where I, I don't understand it. But, right, you're outside the. As soon as you're outside the tackles, all you have to do is throw it past the, the uh, end line, like the yeah. sorry, the scrimmage line, and you're good, right? Like, so why don't? Yeah, well, yeah, and at that point, you're the, the play's over. You're approaching the sideline. You're gonna yeah. go out. You know, right. just, I don't know. I see it every week. Maybe if any of the listeners see it, they'll or all or notice it, they'll be like, "Hey, that's what he's talking about." I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to end is something for everyone to look out for in uh, the next couple games. Hopefully, and, and shake your fist at the TV when yes. you see it. Be an old man like me, uh, <laughs> telling quarterbacks that do that to get off my lawn. Get off my field. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. There you go. There's some wisdom from Noor. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, and we'll uh, see you next time, which won't be next week, but might be the week after or the week after that. Who knows? Let's keep saying that. And then whatever okay. time it is, we'll be right. Yeah, there you go. All right, yeah, I like it. That's the move. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah.